Deer Trucking Awesome. What do you think of when someone says tough? Honestly, I think of a Toyota truck. Tundra's one mean mother of a truck with a twin turbo V6, an incredible going power, and the Tacoma claws through terrain with a taller suspension and lots of creature comforts in the cockpit. Both Toyota trucks are decked out with tons of cool features and tech you'll dig. Check them out at toyota.com, folks. Visit your front range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Of course, our go-to shop to get anything and everything at Breckenridge Brewery. I'm your host, Rudo, joined as always by AJ Hayfley for yet another day of Avalanche training camp news notes and eventually we'll be diving into what is starting to shape up as the defensive positional depth chart battle. We'll save that for the second period of the shows. We'll just get into what happened in training camp today and really over the weekend since we haven't had a pod since Friday. AJ, in there, getting to see the action, getting to see some of those scrimmages. How was it out there? It was great. But before we get into it, Rudo. Oh, boy. How does it feel to be hated by the nicest guy on the team? It's, you know, it's a tough life, man. It's impressive to me that, he can hate me so much without even knowing who I am, but right. A guy that has never met <laughs> your one day in the locker room in training camp last year. Uh, how many of the guys did you get to talk to? Like four, maybe. Yeah. I had, um, I mean, I've been in the locker room a couple times, a couple times with practices, but I don't think I ever talked to Jost in person. Yeah. Damn, man. <laughs> He's gone out of his way to hate you, bud. It's, it's a tough life out here, man. It's a tough I gotta, life. I gotta, I gotta say, man, I was really sorry to see that. <laughs> he asked a perfectly fair question, and we wrote a perfectly fair article about him. And uh, what a bummer, man. But <laughs> in any case, now, 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 knowing how Colorado's current thirteenth forward feels about you. Uh, wow, that was a side swipe that wasn't necessary. Are you are are you gonna be okay? Can uh, I do anything to lift your spirits? I'm I'm battling through, man. I'm 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 gonna make it through here. It's it's tough. You know, I've I've always liked that you were a, a fighter like this. <laughs> Rudo scrimmaging has been great the last couple of days. Uh, okay. it it has been it has been intense and it has been fun and. The team is taking it seriously. Um, I've got to say, there have been a lot of different standouts 
in the last couple of days. Uh, Vlad Nemesnikov was awesome yesterday. Today, Eric Johnson, crazy. Like, Eric Johnson, it's training camp, and I always make these, I, I always do this, but it's training camp. You don't draw too many conclusions here. Eric Johnson looks as good as he has at any point in the last five years. He has been awesome, and he was, he's was he been very good in camp. Today, he took it to a completely different level. Dominated today. Dominated. It's uh, It's amazing what a guy with bad knees can do with four months of not having to skate. <laughs> right, right. He gets a little bit of time off, and then he comes out of the gate just flying. Yep. This is I told I told Ryan Clark today uh, of the Athletic. I was sitting next to him, and I and I said, if this is the Eric Johnson they get in the postseason, they're winning a Stanley Cup. Like easy enough. He was he was just so good. He was so good. Penalty kill, power play, even strength. It didn't matter. And we've seen a number of guys like. Connor Timmons has been very, very good all week and in the different scrimmages, all of that. Connor Timmons has been so good. Rock solid. We'll get into that. Yeah. Today, I, I just I've 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 talked about him a little bit every day and been a little disappointed. Bowen Byron was electric today. There moving moving the puck, he was a big time difference maker with the puck. Defensively, it was still a work in progress, but you saw it today. Finally, the there flashes was, you were looking for. Holy Moses. Was he aggressive on offense? Like, we're talking his line. There would be a line out there that was cycling the puck, and he would be at the half circle slamming the stick on the ice. Like, give me the puck, give me the puck, give me the puck, give me the puck. Rang one off the post. Um, danced somebody. Got a, got, got a pass up the boards. Juked him uh, like he was gonna. He he faked like he was gonna cut inside. Went outside on the boards, walked around him, and then uh, dropped into the half circle. And uh, I mean, Grubauer made a nice save, but created a scoring chance all by himself. Guy was awesome. He was so good today with the puck. Uh, multiple multiple chances uh, in the neutral zone that he that he created just with his legs, just skating through guys. And we haven't. I have not seen any of this like these are all normal things when he's in the whl that you see all the time several times a night with him have not seen it at abs camp boy was he good today today. yeah boy was he good today today was today was the day where you were like oh if this is the kid that's going to show up someone's losing (laughs) a job like he was so good today it's uh it's good to know that he went to the kale mccarr school of hitting posts good as well but oh, Timmons rang one off the post too. Did he really? Oh, oh yeah. Beat uh, that was actually awesome because uh, Belmar, Nieto, and Calvert played tic tac toe through the neutral zone, and Belmar dropped it to he dropped it between his legs, and Timmons was there, and Timmons just beat Ping. beat beat Francois cleanly and rang it right off the right pipe and uh, up into the went flew up into the up into the netting and. Which we almost got another puck today. We've gotten two pucks that have landed on on our like on the seats right in front of our media table. Yeah. <laughs> almost got another one today. But Connor Timmons, um, since I'm since I'm also well, we'll we'll talk about Timmons later because yeah, this will be a whole thing. Applies but, more, yeah, yeah. But Byram Byram had his best day. Uh, Eric Johnson was dominant. Um, 
Oof. Tough day for the PK though. There were a lot of good scoring chances. Bodied, yeah. <laughs> a lot of good scoring chances on uh, on the on the various power plays on both sides. It was not it was not like power play the first power play unit just dominated. They scored, but was not dominant. I loved uh, I loved Belly's description of his job on the PK the other day, where he's like, "Look, I just go out there and try to be as annoying as humanly possible." <laughs> he was today, and I was. It's funny because I was. That's what I was thinking. I was. This guy must be just obnoxious to play against <laughs> because the first power play attempt, Belmar chased the puck down and didn't actually ever touch it. Was never in control of it, and yet forced three reverses around the back of the net yeah, because he was just lurking and he was reading the play and he was like, I know what you're trying to do. Ain't going to let it happen. Yeah. And then, and then it was like, okay, let him play. And so he backed off a little bit, but that line, uh, the Belmar line today was probably the best uh, offensive line in terms of actually driving play. But you also saw why they were a fourth line because Multiple great passes uh, to to players for for golden scoring chances and missed nets right into the chest. No great saves required. Like, I mean, we've talked about that with Calvert and Nieto for years yeah. now. If they had finished, they'd be top six players. Basically, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, you could say that about a lot of guys around the yeah, league, right? right? Like, oh, <laughs> if only you scored twenty goals a year, you'd be so much better. Right. But but Nieto uh, Nieto today two one-timers one of them didn't leave the ice it just skittered along uh and franco's who's had a little bit of a five hole issue in camp uh, in the last week yeah a uh, couple of pucks have just found their way through the five hole was locked he locked it down today it was much better although one of the burakovsky goals kind of slipped through his arm a little bit i thought it was a little iffy but that's okay i i think he's looked pretty solid um i the Belmar line, anyway. Um, just they just cycled and cycled and cycled. They just ground whoever, and it didn't matter. Like they would get matched up against the Cadre line, and and if if play started in the defensive zone, eventually it spent. They spent at least twenty seconds in the offensive zone grinding away. They had at least two two uh, two times where they were able to get full defensive changes while they just cycled. You gotta love it. I mean, everyone on the team has right been now. praising them in interviews over the past week. So they they were locked in right now. Um, one of the other lines, uh, Kamenev, by far his best day. Yeah, and blew a one timer from about I want to say about three steps inside the blue line past Grubauer, and it wasn't like it wasn't like a a, a real softy got it got it right by the ear where they can't get the glove up yeah that little space right in between it yeah just blew it right by him and handcuffed grubauer and that was uh that was a result of some great cycling guys like tynan and bowers um really shane bowers his first action looked really solid and boy can he skate he yeah, he his, fits the team's identity just because when he cool. gets out there and cuts loose, you're like, oh, he belongs. I think we mentioned this before, but that first year of him in camp, it was not his skating was not like this. And he came back and has blown me away with his skating all this whole year. Like even up with the Eagles this year, if you watch him, that dude can move. 
Yeah, I'm. It started with the uh, rookie tournament last year, where yep. he was just flying out there. Yep. And he had a he had a solid day. Uh, did not finish anything, but Logan O'Connor was a monster. <laughs> he was all up and down the ice today, and maybe was their best penalty killer outside of Belmar and Calvert at times today. I he mean, was really good on the PK. Like for someone like Logan O'Connor. If he wants to try and find a way into this roster, the penalty kill is a big way for him to do it. And they're giving a lot of guys looks. Um, Tyson Jost had a, had not not a breakaway because EJ was in front of him the whole time, but he intercepted a pass and got up the ice and separated from everyone else, which is something we've seen him struggle with. Yep. So that was encouraging. Um, separated, and then uh, EJ made a nice defensive play to, to stop the, the shot attempt, but... Really good PK play uh, in that sequence from uh, from Jost, and a lot of guys are getting opportunity. Kamenev was on uh, Kamenev was on the PK. Jost's on the PK. O'Connor's on the PK. A um, lot of different looks. It's I. So the big thing today is I didn't record as many videos, and when you're not recording as many videos and you're not just kind of hanging out, you're paying much closer attention to what's going on. I'm gonna have a lot more thoughts about what happened on the day. So um, that's the that's that's why that's why today it's like I got to get all this out. I got to talk about all these things that happened in the scrimmage because I uh, I wasn't recording the videos where you're watching the video and you're watching the puck, but you're not you can't really analyze at the same time. All right, well, great day Fun with day. a lot of a lot of positives, a lot of hype. AJ, we got to do it. We got to get the Strava Craft Coffee game changing performer of the day of training camp. Oh, EJ. EJ by a mile. Yeah, especially because Jared Bednar apparently calls him Ej. Ej. Yeah, <laughs> and that's funny to me because our boss Brandon Spano calls me Age. Yeah, and so I was like, oh, other people do this too. <laughs> cool. The letter J just kind of becomes a sound. Yeah. Well, and 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 Spano replied to me on Twitter today and said, "Well, one syllable is better than two." I'm like, uh, I would okay. beg to well, differ. I mean, we're saving that much time. People Boy, better we're not busy. start calling me rude. Well, somebody called you rude yesterday, that's for sure. <laughs> Go bam! Uh, not in so many, or so few words, I suppose, but yeah. Yeah, I was far more efficient. <laughs> Anyway, before we go down that path, second period coming up shortly. First, of course, we have to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Got myself a nice little 12-pack this weekend, and then I drank all of them because, oh my god, the DNBA show had a shotgunning beers on Friday, so... (laughs) Went through those beers pretty quickly, but they are delicious, whether you want the Avalanche Amber, the Mile High City, the Mountain Beach, which I still need to get my hands on. I still haven't had a chance to try it, but everyone at the company but me basically loves them. So give it a go. Get your Breckenridge Brewery today at your local Davidson's or down at the farmhouse in Littleton, where you can pick up curbside and use code DNBR to get $5 off. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast as we kind of dive into the meat of this podcast here. I want to start off and chat if you want to if you want to put your takes on this as well. Give me first of all the top 6 Avs D because I think that's pretty set, right? Makar, Gerard, EJ, Graves, 
uh, is Cole Zadorov. That's the top six, right? Yo, you can't you can't make a parody account of me and then come into my Periscope <laughs> and ask questions. You got to use your own account for that, my man. <laughs> you can't you can't use you can't use my parody. <laughs> <laughs> like, you please use that power well, my friend. <laughs> as long as you're entertaining, I won't mind it. There you go. Pressure. Um, uh, do we want to answer these questions that are just that just popped in? Let's see. I just started watching and know with the pandemic they were more tight lipped on missing players than usual. But any clue on what's up with Makar and will Byron be on the playoff roster? Mm. Makar, no idea. They haven't yeah. got anything. Um, uh, I will say, I have been led to believe it's not super serious. And again, nothing official as I'm about yeah. to say some stuff as well, but he left in the middle of a practice. Well, not really. Not really. Like they had two sessions that day. Sure. He, he finished the first session and just didn't come out for the second. Well, he wasn't part of the power play unit, which you right. would expect him to be in. But Right. But that's that's what I'm saying. Like he, but he didn't like leave in, in the middle of it because people have been asking me like, Oh, when he left the ice, did did it look like anything was wrong? Like, no, he left with everybody else. We didn't know, and then he just never came back out, and we haven't seen him since. But given that he was there at the start of practice that day? Yeah. I mean, you would have to think that this is not, like, okay, we are, we are purely into speculating territory 100%. here. But given that he was part of practice and that they aren't holding anybody out and any of that, like, you have to think this is probably like a tweak of something and not yep. a positive test like thing. Agreed. That was that's where my brain went with it. Especially because the NHL released their numbers today and out of I think twenty six hundred tests, they've only had two positives. So yep. I, I guess it's possible he's one of those two, but it just statistically we're talking about it being unlikely here. Um but so either way, on the Byram side of things. I don't know. I, he may well end up on the, the playoff roster, if you want to call it that, but he's going to be, like, probably the last D. I, he was so good today that I want to I wanna jump on that. I don't know that he goes. I, I don't know that it really matters at this point because they're, like, unless the AFD <clears throat> core gets utterly decimated, he's not going to play anyway. I think, well, and this is where we were starting the show today, um, that he, there are, I think there's a clear cut seven, eight, nine for the abs right now behind the top six, assuming Makar is good to go, um, which obviously is an assumption right now, but that they have a clear cut top six. But as of today, I think they have a clear seven, eight, nine. We've talked about this a little bit that while Timmons has played great in this camp, we know the score. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, you know, we can, we can talk about it a little bit more, but we do have Jared Bednar's thoughts on it exactly pertaining to this and the potential of whatever happens with Makar. If he does mix, miss games, who's going to be up next. So we can go to that and we can hear what Jared Bednar has to say. Jared, as far as just kind of planning for, let's just say contingencies with Kale. Who are some of the guys that you've looked at in his position that you think kind of stand out? I mean, we've seen Connaughton get paired with 
Gerard? Is he someone that you guys would look at, Barbario? Or how do guys like Timmon and Byram sort of factor in for the trip to Edmonton? Yeah, all of the above. Yeah, we're still evaluating. So right now we put Gerard on the number one power play and EJ on the second. Can I just say that no matter what, like a coach could have completely made up his mind and they would still say that they're still evaluating. 100%. (laughs) Okay. Um, But they would not be like, our decisions have been made already. With with like five practices to go. Right, (laughs) exactly. So anyway. And we're keeping an eye on all the all the other guys that are here for sure. Um, starts with Connaughton, probably with his experience. We know what Barbario has done for us over the last few years, and um, but for our staff or my staff, we're, we're looking at uh, guys like Timmons and Byron real closely because we don't get to see him as often as those other guys. Um. All right, so. He basically came out and said, look, it starts with the experienced guys. Which we've been not talking a, about. Yeah, not a surprise at all. Shouldn't we've, be a surprise We've, we've at said, all. look, Timmons and Byram could light the world on fire in this camp, and the first time a guy gets hurt in the actual postseason, they'll give Mark Barbario first crack at this. That's what they've paid Barbario to be the last couple of years. That's who he, he has also, in my opinion, he's earned that. He has come to work every single day and been that guy and been that role player that's very hard to find and very valuable in that he has no ego. He wants to play, but he understands his job. He's the veteran that knows knows exactly where he fits into the locker room. He comes he comes and he works hard, but when there's when there's an injury at his position, he deserves to do. He deserves that. And- he deserves he deserves a chance to play in my opinion. And I mean, let's just be honest. We're not talking about slouches or, or unproven players here. Barbario has nearly 300 games played and Kanaan has over 300 games played in the NHL. Yeah. These guys know what they're doing. And it's, I think this comes back to something you said a while ago where, Look, a head coach is going to take something consistent every single time, even if mm-hmm. like the high isn't quite as high, the yeah. low is also not as low. Right. They will. Uh, you don't. You don't want it to look like a heart rate monitor, right? Yep. You want it to be. You want it to be a prairie. Just. Yep. Very even keeled and very you can consistent. Work with that a lot easier than you don't know what you're going to get out of a guy in any given game. Right. Uh, Connor Timmons is what eighteen or so minutes in the NHL. Bowen Byram zero. Yeah. So you're talking about that against a, a combined like 500 games played. Yep. Uh, on that back end, those guys are going to get first crack. Now, I will say, and this is especially true of Connor Timmons, he has played well enough that if Connaughton goes in there, if Barbario goes in there, and they bomb, they should not have a long leash. It should not be two or three games of this. Yep. Certainly, no more than two games. If if both guys are bad in those two games, they got to go. You're in a you're in a postseason. You don't have time to let these guys work through any issues. Part of the value of being a Mark Barberi or a Kevin Connaughton is the ability to drop in and give you baseline NHL caliber play, low caliber, but a baseline caliber of play that you can get by and you can understand and you know you know what you're getting. There's and if you get if you get the best version of that player on that day, great. That's awesome. 
we've seen when Mark Barbario plays really well, we've seen in his time in Colorado, he's played in, he's played a lot of good games with the abs. He's played a lot of poor games with the abs. That's why he's the seventh guy. But if you get the best of him, you're going to have, you're going to have a good night. Yep. If you get, if you don't, and you get the absolute worst of him, then you have to manage it. And then maybe you revisit putting him in the lineup in the next game. But that's, that's the role. And the experience, those guys know how to be ready. My only concern is that Kevin Kanan, he played four games with the Avs this year. Two of them were true disasters. Granted, he did have to defend McDavid in one of those. Right. But the other one was against the LA Kings, and he was a disaster in that game. Yeah. And, I mean, honestly, this is, and the players and the coaching staff both have talked about this a lot being in that round robin is a huge advantage for them to try things. Yeah, definitely. They essentially have an exhibition game in those three games where, yeah, of course they want to be the first seed, but if they're mixing and matching the lineup a little bit and they find a hot hand, that can be a huge advantage in the first round for them. And I would ask EJ how he feels and Cole how he feels, and those would be guys that I would rotate out to get Barbario and Kanaan into a game. To keep them fresh for sure. Yeah. And then and then if and if EJ says, sure, I'll take one of these games off, that's great. Like that's to, to awesome. If Cole says he's willing to take one of these games off, great. But if they don't want to, then you don't mess with it. And like you don't get cute trying to get guys in. But if if guys are willing, um I would definitely try and rotate a guy or two into into the games. And with the forwards, I would definitely tinker in oh, the yeah. round robin. I would probably, I would probably play as many as fifteen guys. For sure, I at minimum thirteen need to play. I would say I the guys that I really want, I would really put in. Uh, I would say Jost, Kamenev, and O'Connor are the guys that I really want to see slide in. Um, but also understand that Sheldon Dries will probably be given more of a leash than I would like. Bednar specifically mentioning both O'Connor and Dries today in interviews. Honestly, didn't notice Dries as much, but it also when there's 30 guys out there, it's, it can be hard to pick some dudes I mean, out. So. It's the same story there too, right? Bednar has seen Sheldon Dries play over 40 NHL games for him. Yeah. And was boy, he was not. He was not good uh, for the Abs this year. No, his his call ups were a struggle this season. But yeah, they were nowhere near as good as as what we saw with him in his first year in Colorado. Uh, Driftshade asks, "Would you try to bring Bowers into a game or two? I'm not even sure he's a lock for the roster. To be honest, with the injury, man, I I think he is. Yeah. Um, just because the numbers they only brought eighteen forwards. Sure. And with 31 skaters, I think 18 forwards, 10 defensemen, and three goaltenders has always been the alignment that made the most sense. With if they wanted to bring a fourth goaltender, then maybe you cut the uh, the 18th forward off. That's kind of um, what I was thinking, yeah. Assuming that their goalies continue to be healthy, I think they're only taking three. And I mean uh, that and that means no forward cuts. The only cuts are on defense then. Not where this podcast was originally going, but since you brought it up. A lot of praise for Adam Werner out of you lately. And Evan. Yeah. I mean, uh, to me, it's cl- Adam Werner is significantly outplayed yeah. Hutchinson. But again, we're talking about experience here. Hutchinson will go. Yeah. 
runner only goes if there's if there's uh, an injury, uh, a lingering something, a tweak, a pull, or whatever. That's. I guess we're at the point now where it's it's time to face the realities of who's going to the camp and or of who's going to the bubble and who's not. Um, because yeah, sure. There's a lot of hope that these young guys go and certainly some of them will, but you need to be realistic in your expectations of young players going to what is going to be an extremely grueling Stanley cup playoffs. Yeah. And if, if they do want to go 18, 10 and three, then the nine defensemen that we've talked about, the top six, yep. Barbario, Connaught and Timmons at seven, eight, nine. And then it's Lindholm or Byron that, ten spot. Yeah, you've got Lindholm, Byron, and McDonald. Does Mc, if you cut this the eighteenth forward off, McDonald has more value, right? Because he's played plenty of forward this season. Right. Well, and he's played. He's playing forward right now in yep. um, in in camp. He's playing a forward or in the scrimmages. He's playing forward. So, I would say. Um, if if they wanted to cut the 18th forward off, um, under no circumstances am I taking McDonald over Bowers if 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 healthy. I but think that would taking be four goalies. But if if you're taking, um, if if they're going to take the 17 forwards, then yeah, like McDonald holds more value uh-uh. because he does both. Yeah, I agree. Betty asks, how much will players be able to do outside of just hockey once they get to Edmonton? Uh, realistically, probably not very much. You know what they're going to do? They're going to watch all the other games. Yeah. Uh, this like is all the rest not, of us. The setup in Edmonton, I'm sure, is nice, and I'm sure they will have amenities at these hotels and stuff, but it's not going to be like Disney World like the NBA has, where they can go around all these parks and stuff. Have you? So there are some players uh, who are making like little... Yeah, the um, vlogs. Like, 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 yeah. yeah, exactly. And I tell you, man, they're fascinating. They are weird. <laughs> they are. They are so interesting to watch. Like all these different setups. Like these guys got these like wristbands that are their room keys, and the meals that they're getting served. It's funny because like day one of the meals getting served, one of the players uh, put on Instagram and was like, "LOL, I'm gonna lose a lot of weight down here." <laughs> but if you watch these vlogs, like those guys' meals are legit. Like it looks like it looks like somebody went on Grubhub and spent thirty dollars for themselves. Yep. Like it was like it was like like eleven items on the little menu check, thing. Check, you're like check. check. <laughs> you're like, dude, I thought they were having a food problem. <laughs> they are not. They are not lacking for for food. If if yep. the NHL is able to recreate that, they'll be just fine. I, Plus, they're all going to play video games, right? And then, not Ace Combat like Cygnus would like them to, but <laughs> I, I know the Fortnite squad is out there. On yeah, the it's going to be Fortnite and Warzone. Yeah, uh, I'm sure there's a, I'm sure there's another Apex. Apex, yeah, yeah, that was the other one. Who's the one dude on that team that's playing like RTSs? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> It's probably Kadri. Of course. I would say I could see it being Kadri. <laughs> I love Although it. Although I tell you, Eric Johnson would cannon rush you. I, oh, I 100% <laughs> believe that. <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind. He would, he would 
He'd cannon, cannon rush so you, hard. and his name tag would be Gabe Landisgog. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. My name is Gabe. Yeah. All right. That would well, be his handle. My name is Gabe. My name is Gabe. <laughs> and he cannon rushes every and he game. Can, and he just cannon rushes every game. <laughs> I guess, right. can't, I guess you can't six pool anymore. He would have to 12 pool. Yeah, the 12 pool. <laughs> Second period break time, I think, as, as we've gone a little bit off of the rails. But you can always get back on the rails by playing some WGT Golf by heading to dnvrgolf.com to download and searching for DNVR2 to join our clubhouse. I did live stream my attempt at our tournament last weekend, and it was a frustrating experience. Not Sorry. Uh, Cygnus, yeah, Cygnus finished second place in the tournament with a 33 on a lip out putt, according to him. I I feel like I could have shot a three under in that tournament if I wasn't terrible, but instead I I if I was good at the game, I feel like my yeah, score would have exactly. been better. Well, like I'm good enough to know like I was close, but not good enough to convert. It's like Matt Nieto trying to score goals in a lot of ways. You're able to create the opportunity, but your short game is a little is a little lacking. Time for sure, exactly, exactly. But so, if you want to beat me, take on Sickness and our other top players. Head on over there, dnvrgolf.com to download. And we have tournaments every weekend, so jump in and have some fun. Of course, we also have. one of my favorite sponsors, personally, Manscaped, the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, is honestly one of the best inventions in my entire life. I have to use it on my beard coming up shortly here. This has all got to go as we get close to the proper playoff time and all of that. But it can also take care of hair all over your body, above and below the belt. And you can get everything that comes along with it in the perfect package 3.0 to keep yourself looking, feeling, and smelling fresh. So head on over to manscaped.com and use code DNVR20 to get 20% off and free shipping when you order, whether it be the perfect package, breath mints, you name it, cologne, they have you covered top to bottom. Third period. The DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's with Rudo and AJ. As we dive a little bit deeper into this defensive battle, the the big question for me. Okay, let's say take two different scenarios here. Okay. Kale McCarr gets hurt or is hurt for the, the first exhibition game or whatever. First of all, how dare you? <laughs> I'm just trying to be realistic after the season the Avs had. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the defenseman you're going to put in to fill that hole in the lineup, is it the same one as if, say, Ian Cole misses a game? Because those are two very different roles that are being filled on the team. And yes, I understand if McCarr gets hurt, Gerard is going to take on the PP1 responsibilities and all of that. Mm-hmm. But how does the dynamic of the defense change there? I think if you really were worried about it, you would probably go Barbario replaces Makar because of the skating and the uh, the ability to move pucks with his feet. Yep. And then uh, Connaughton would replace Cole for more of the PK side of things. Yeah, and it's not that it's not that Connaughton can't move pucks. It's just that he's it's not really Connaughton, It's not the role Connaughton he's going to be asked of, to do. Yeah. 
there's really nothing that stands out about Kevin Connaughton's game. Like there isn't a as Cygnus is literally yeah, asking this asking question. question. <laughs> there's not really anything that that jumps out about it. Um it's he's sort of a jack of all trades. Uh he's not he's not a guy that like you can point to any one thing and say this is this is our guy. Like this this is what he can do, this one thing that we're going to be able to get out of him. Um, whereas Barbario, you look at the feet and you say his skating is, is really good and his ability to move pucks is better than a lot of seventh defensemen you'll find, but not like so consistent and so good that obviously he cracks your everyday lineup. Yeah. Just, I mean, there's a reason the players are where they are. Yeah. On and the Definitely. And and then Timmons is more of an IQ guy um, who I've honestly liked better defensively than offensively in this camp. Uh, today was a good example of that as well. It's so. Timmons is interesting. He is for the young core of the avalanche. He does not fit the mold of burners. No, he's he's the opposite. Between Byron McCarr and Gerard and Timmons, Timmons looks way out of place because he's nowhere near the caliber of skater those other three. Right. Nowhere so, near. And there are that can have its benefits when you're building a defensive core and to have guys that, that can <sighs> fill different roles that play a different stylistic game, which ultimately is it's a conversation the abs are, are going to have. And yeah, I talked to Timmons today, talked to Bednar. Bednar had a lot of praise for Timmons on the whole. Um, the reality is Timmons and Byram and Bowers too. Uh, this camp is more than just for the playoffs for them. Um, yeah. This, this sets them up for November 17th. Yep. Which is the, Tentative supposed training camp day. Yeah, tentative first day of camp for the twenty uh, twenty one season. Yep. Because to say twenty twenty one because it's also next. It's next year is twenty twenty one. So it sounds like I'm saying both. Yeah, I I, I hate that too. Be- for this next decade, you're going to say yeah. the twenty twenty one season, and you mean two years and not. <laughs> yeah. One. Um, are we afraid of starting a Timmons or Byron emergency? Certainly not afraid what, of starting Timmons. Like if you're taking them, you're understanding that if if catastrophe happens and you have what four injuries, that then he's the guy. Yeah, yeah. I guess three injuries. Uh, then he's the guy. Yep. Like well, you're taking him and you're putting him ninth on your depth chart because Connaught and Barbario and one of the top six have gotten hurt. You have to play Connor Timmons at that point. The reality when this is still a Stanley Cup playoffs, every single player you are bringing is because you believe it gives you the best chance to win the cup. Um, Outside of the Martin Shaw conversation, that's that's exactly the, (laughs) the one, the one argument there, but no one else has that conversation because no one has to save a contract. Well, and, and Byram is in the position where if he plays 10 games, but again, that would require Byram would likely go be the 10th defenseman on the packing order and would need to play 10 games. Yeah. It, 
if, it, if, if Bowen Byron plays 10 games, something bad has happened injury-wise and something very good has happened in terms of his play for him to stay in there. Well, I mean, it's for that amount of injuries to happen and for the Avs to have played 10 games after all of those injuries happened. Right. Like they're deep. Winning a Stanley Cup. <laughs> like, like, you've at least won one round. I just, just just sheer numbers here. If you get to ten games, you've won a round. If if you haven't won two rounds, right? Like because right of the injuries, gets injured in game one or something, <laughs> right? Like just just based on the injuries, like it would have to you would have to be into. Um, you would you would have to be into probably the third round by the time that happened. By the time Byram got to his tenth game, Lux flexing on us with the Daniel Tarnquist call out from Free State yeah. Friday. The, the Swedish guy knows the Swedish player. <laughs> They're probably from the same hometown. That's hey. how this it always works that way. If you got the knowledge. Come on next hey. week. That's all I'm I saying. Mean, and then you're going to ask about Swiss players, and it'll yeah, be like, and he won't know anything. <laughs> it'll be it'll be Lob City over there. <laughs> gotta dunk when you can okay hey so we have some news here Uh oh news uh speaking of new york brendan lemieux um suspended for two games for elbowing Jonas donskoy in the head in the last the in that last the game year. yeah well, interesting and that i mean that was gonna be a tough series for new york anyway i don't know how much lemieux really changes that but yeah, I don't, I don't know either. Um, but the um, that ended up working out. That that was another area where we don't talk about that because we all the other guys were already hurt. But Donskoy got his bell rung, and and I was told he probably was going to miss up through the first round of the postseason. Had the season not shut down, well, and that's because it was it was a recurring thing. You remember he was the same guy that uh, that got bopped by Lindgren as well. Yeah, in the first game with the Rangers. Yeah. Don't play the Rangers <laughs> is the lesson here. <laughs> Don't play the Rangers. Just sit yeah. that out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I if the Avs are playing the Rangers in the playoffs, something good has happened. But yeah, I mean, there's only one thing that could have happened at that point. You're exactly. in a Cup final, and you're not throwing much of a fit. Yep. So. Uh, I am not going to Canada. Uh, Canada is being very restrictive about who they let in and how many people they let in, uh, even to the hub cities themselves. Even Canadian writers are having a hard time getting uh, accredited for uh, going to hub cities. And, I mean... It's been very restrictive so far. You'll also still get interviews from here. They'll just continue doing them like they've been doing with. Yeah. All of the, all of the access is going to look identical. So it is what at least that's what we've been told up to this point is that um, obviously they're not going to let media on site, talk to players in person. Uh, I'm sure those guys will get an extra interview or two, or maybe five, five minutes with the coach before the rest of us on an, on a practice day or, Something like that. They'll make it worth their while to have traveled and to, to have taken the chance and done all that. But um, considering considering the cost involved and the restrictions in place, uh, the fact that uh, I'm I'm immunocompromised, me going out during a pandemic is risky. Yeah, so. definitely. 
Uh, priority one is stay safe for sure. <clears throat> yeah, and I I tell you I I would love to be up there, um, but taking me taking that chance just so I can sit in an Airbnb and and hang out on Zoom. You can hard to, hard to make the argument that it's hang out on Zoom time. just as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so would be would be so awesome though because it's going to be once in a lifetime. For sure. It and like you're gonna get to go three you're just gonna get to go watch hockey all day in person. It would be it would be so awesome. Um anyway. It's it's the reality of the situation. Times are strange, but none Times of are real strange. Hockey still right around the corner. The Avs play their exhibition game in eight days, is it? Nine days? Nine days. Yeah. Next Wednesday. Yep. So nearly here just just gotta just gotta get there and then we'll be watching avalanche hockey again aj final thoughts on on training camp on this defensive battle the future of the abs bright bright defense um it's really weird (laughs) that we're talking we're talking about two top 50 prospects being ninth and 10th on Colorado's depth chart. And Byron may not even be 10th, to be honest. They might prefer Lindholm or McDonald or both. He could be 12th for all we know. Yep. And that guy was fourth overall pick a year ago. Yep. This isn't like five years have passed and he's no longer a serious prospect. Or I mean, he's... They- He's a top five prospect in the NHL, and he's he may not even go to Edmonton with them. Nonetheless, I suspect they will be a good bit higher come November. But yeah, well, that's a conversation for after the playoffs. (laughs) Um, In the meantime, the Avs are far and away the deepest they've been since I started covering the team. I it's silly. Honestly, maybe the deepest they've been since the early 2000s. And probably deeper. I'm I'm of the opinion that Colorado's defense right now might be the deepest it's been in Avs history. It just lacks that high end fork foot blink. The only the the 2001 year is the only really argument you can make. I think against yeah. it. Yeah, pretty much, man. Because right now, I mean, Makar, Gerard, EJ's your third defenseman, second defenseman, like, sure, whatever order you want to put them in. Yeah, straight up, like whatever order you want to. It's dude, it's so they're so good right now, and and like they they have proper role players. Like Ian Cole is like a secondish, thirdish pairing guy yep. that you can choose matchups with. Zadorov, you can kind of protect a little bit. Like they are so. They are so sound, one through six. They, are, and then Barbario's a classic seventh. Connaughton, same thing. And then you have two hotshot prospects. Yep. It's it's gonna That's be a fun. good position. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be position. fun this year and and heading into the future as well. Um, I guess that's it, though. We're going to wrap up for the day. As always, thank you, everybody, for listening. Y'all know the drill. We're here five days a week. Have some fun stuff planned coming up this week as as things start to ramp up towards the Stanley Cup Finals. So Tomorrow morning. 
Yeah, buddy. Keep an eye out tomorrow morning. Uh, but before we get out of here, you may have heard us mention that there are some big things happening in the Colorado rugby space. And now we have all the details. DNVR is now covering all things rugby in Colorado and the United States. Reporter Colton Strickler is keeping you up to date on all things American rugby with the DNVR rugby podcast. And of course, you can find his written rugby content right on our site with the rest of our coverage. If you don't know, it was announced that Infinity Park in Glendale will be the new official training center for the men's and women's USA Eagles 15s team. That means the Colorado is the place for rugby in the United States. Make sure you are keeping up to speed with us and Colton on the DNVR Rugby Podcast. Once again, thank you, everyone, for hanging out. Another fun day of the Avs Pod. We got four more planned for you over the week, and, of course, five days a week every single week. Until tomorrow, we will talk to y'all in a little bit as I prepare to end this podcast.